something that the Father desires us to get into the very depths of our hearts. And that is the fact that the Lord is with you. He wants that particular word to go into the very depths of our spirits. That the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. The Lord is on your side. He's saying it's not just a matter that you are on the Lord's side. That the Lord is on your side. That the Lord is for you. 
among those who help you. And so he says that he will help you. He will reach out for you and he will truly help you. And I want you to arise from your, wherever you are. I want to have us walk about. Just for we are, we are a few so we can interact very easily. I want you to go and tell somebody exactly the same words. The Lord is with you and the Lord is for you. The Lord will help you. Get, get to somebody whom you didn't come with. Somebody whom you are not used to. Reach out to somebody. Walk at least to three people. Just tell him or her, the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. The Lord will help you. You are prophesying into that particular man or into that particular woman's life. Don't, don't hold back. Your breath is very important. The Father wants that breath to reach out to somebody. The Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. The Lord will help you. Amen. The Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. The Lord will help you. Amen. 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 The Lord is with you. Amen. The Lord is for you. The Lord is for you. The Lord will help you. The Lord will help you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. As you continue speaking to each other, remember the words of Job chapter 10 verse 12. You have given me life and favor. Tell to that person, the Lord give you life, the Lord give you favor, and the Lord grant you his visitation. Speak to somebody else. Tell him, the Lord give you life, the Lord give you his favor, and the Lord grant you his visitation. The Lord give you his life. The Lord give you his favor, and the Lord grant you his visitation. Amen. The Lord help you, and the Lord is with you in Jesus' name. The Lord is with you. The Lord bless you. Amen. The Lord will help you in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Right, that was a lovely interaction. Amen, amen. Did you realize something? All of you actually are prophets. You've just prophesied over that brother. You've prophesied over that sister. You don't need a, a, a special office somewhere. It says the testimony of the Lord Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Hallelujah. And if you open your mouth to bless somebody, you're speaking a word, a prophetic word over that particular life. And sure enough, it shall be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory and for the honor of his wonderful name in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let us dig into the word of God straight away. We started on this particular message last time. And it is to do with the visitation of God. God visiting with you or you visiting with him. And the main scripture you remember that we used was Job chapter 10 and verse 12 where the word of God says you have granted me life and favor 
and your visitation has preserved my spirit. Or your care has preserved my spirit. In God's visitation is God's care. <clears throat> when you are in the place where he is, he is called a shepherd. Praise the Lord. That's why he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He calls himself, I am the good shepherd. If you go to John chapter 10, he declares it openly. I am the good shepherd. So wherever he is, the shepherd heart reaches out to all that are around him because he alone is the true shepherd. Praise God. He's the chief shepherd. So wherever he stands, when you visit him, or when he visits you, you can rest assured. His heart, the shepherd heart, takes over. He does not come as a visitor. He does not come for you to attend to him. The shepherd always attends to the sheep, if you will discover something. The shepherd never sits back for the sheep to do anything for him. He takes it upon himself. In fact, he goes in front of the sheep. And as he says, the sheep will always hear his voice. And they follow him. They follow him. He seeks out the way. Once he has found the way, he has made the way. He calls out. And the sheep will follow in that place of safety. In the place of security. In the place of great assurance and confidence. That's why he says, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the shepherd has already gone ahead of me. He has made the way in that valley of the shadow of death. He has already removed the stones. He will make sure I will not dash my foot against a stone. He's already made a bridge over the hole so that I will not fall into that particular hole. That is what the shepherd is like. He prepares the ground for his own. And that's why he says, the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is for you among those who help you. And thus, the Lord says, I will help you. Praise God. And so Job speaks these wonderful words and he says, You have granted me life and favor and your visitation has preserved me. We started on that last time. And we will move on. There, we touch the main aspects of what happens in the visitation of God are in Psalms 36. And we touched only four aspects of what happens when the Lord visits with you. When, or when you receive the visitation of God. We touched on the mercy of God just briefly. And we say the mercy of God reaches unto the heavens. Nothing is high enough to go above his mercy. It covers everything. You cannot run ahead or you cannot lag behind to miss that particular mercy of God. And he wants you to be immersed in that particular mercy so richly. And as you visit with him, you will start experiencing that particular mercy. You see, he says, the whole world lies in the evil one. That means the world misses out. There is a disconnection 
with God because it is in the evil one and nothing evil is in God. But the whole world lies in the evil one. It has sort of been engulfed by the evil one. But he has allowed you and I to be in the world. But strange enough in his wisdom and in his grace, he is able to outwit the enemy. The enemy who owns or who you know, covers the whole world and he thinks everything in the world is, is his and he can do whatever he wants to do with whatever is in the world. God, your father and my father, our father, he outwits him. He manages to access into the world and he comes and he makes sure in that evil world where you are and where I am, his mercy will reach the heavens in the world somehow. The world doesn't see it, it doesn't know it, can't experience it, but that mercy is available for you. That is when you link up with it. And he wants us, this is what he says, draw near unto me and I will draw near to you. So, the visitation of God, as we said, is dependent on this particular thing. You are drawing nigh. He says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw. So as you draw near to him, the Bible says he does not change. Meaning his position always remains the same. So as you draw near to him, he appears to be drawing near to you. His visitation starts to become a reality in your life. How is your relationship with the Father or your, your relationship in that particular secret place with God? How do you relate? How many times or how closer and closer are you getting to him? How more do you draw near to him than a drawing near to any other thing? It is a deep, an interesting concept, but I would like you to look at it in yourself. How much am I drawing close to God? And how much am I experiencing his presence? Now realize, is, 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 there's a place where Jesus said something very interesting. When I was sick, you visited me. All right? He said, when I was poor, you reached out unto me. He said, when I was naked, you reached out and you, you, you covered my nakedness. Imagine the Almighty himself being naked. He said, when I was, you know, in prison, you came and you visited me. You reached out unto me when I was in need. The visitation of God is very interesting. But it's interesting when you come draw close to him, he draws close to you. I was seeing Cass the other day. Uh, the other day and she said, she, she, she told me one, she told me, you know what Paul? I love Jesus. And she said, one of the things that I've always done in my life, I love reaching out, reaching out to whoever. Anybody who is suffering, that is where I, I like to appear. I like to reach out to the people in the street. I like to say hi to anybody, whatever. If I see somebody is hurting, I like to reach out. No wonder you see when she comes in church, she's there dancing, dancing. You know, regardless, whatever it is that you may feel, she steps there and she starts waving across to us with a smile and dancing and saying, praise God. And then she told me, you know what? I know I have planted so much. I'm so relaxed here in hospital. I know many people are going to visit me. 
And sure enough, she was telling me yesterday when I was seeing her, she told me, I've got so many visitors. I'm never bored in this place. Is either from Hope Community Church or from Greenford Church, where she, where, where she used to be saying, everybody is here there, until everybody in the world wonders what is strange about this woman. Everybody is coming there, and she's laughing and praising. And then she told me, you know what? I know I have planted. I know I have visited people up and down. I know I will be visited. Interesting. She didn't know that as she has been doing whatever visitation she has done all her life, she was actually visiting God. Praise God. And the more you reach out to your brother or your sister, just as our sister was sharing at the beginning, the more we connect. Let me tell you something. You are connecting with the Father. And it's the thing that he wants us to develop in our, in our hearts. Open that door of your house. Don't hide inside your house alone that you are ever alone. No. Reach out. Look out, where does Paul say, oh, he stays on 20 Melville Avenue. You know, in Africa, we don't give warning that I'm coming. That, you know, I, I just show up at your door and I, I, I you know, say, oh, hi, my brother, hi, my sister. I was passing by the road, I decided to say hi. And you, as if you're British, say, you should have warned me, you should have told me that. You should have told me you are coming. Not, not, not in Africa. In Africa, we don't have that particular behavior. I'll show up at your door. Hey, Linda, I was passing by you. I just felt I want to say hi. So this character. You know, what? You should have told me in advance. So, you know, that is, but it is different in the house, in the family, in the family of God. Your brother or your sister will not tell you I'm coming sometimes. They will just show up, isn't it? And we are family. And that's what God is looking for in our midst. There's that love and that connection. So he wants us to come out of that cocoon where you've been hiding and step out. Open your heart, because in opening your heart, you're going to receive that love. You're going to receive that particular visitation in the name of the Lord Jesus. You're going to receive that particular mercy for the glory of God. Don't hold back at any one time. Don't be lonely alone in your own place and say nobody cares for me. No. If you are feeling lonely, step out and decide I'm going to visit somebody. Whether he or she knows I'm going to visit or no, I'll just go and visit. You'll be surprised what is going to happen. You'll find, oh, even that person was lonely. I thought I was the only one who was lonely. And you'll enter that place. Thank you, you came to see me. I was feeling so down and so discouraged. And he or she will not know, oh, I was actually the one who was down and so discouraged. So my coming, I have come to ministers thinking I'm coming to, you know, get somebody to encourage me. It turns out I actually, I was coming out to encourage somebody else. Praise God. Let us adjust our culture and get into the culture of the kingdom in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this culture of the kingdom, we shall be able to experience that particular visitation. So, I veered off at that particular point. I felt in my heart we needed to go that side. So, we touched the mercy of God. We touched the faithfulness of God. And in it, we say that, remember, God will not go back to his word. Know what he has said or what he is saying. He will know, he has, doesn't have the character of going back to his word and changing his mind. He sticks to what he has said. So my brother, my sister, seek to visit him. You will know what he is saying. You will hear the rhema word, the word for the moment. As you go to him every moment, wherever, wherever you may be. I've told you whether you are in your kitchen. 
whether you are washing the clothes, whether you are drying the clothes on the lines outside, let that be the moment of visitation with God. Whether you are in your place of work, I remember a place I used to work, and I'll be seated, I'll be seated somewhere, and I'll, st- I'll, I'll, I'll start looking up, and I had another man who was sitting on my side. He, he, he was watching, he was so, sort of like an atheist. He was looking at me, and every time I look up, I look up. He will say Hallelujah. Then he he laughs. He tells, he tells me, Paul, I knew you were going to say Hallelujah, isn't it? That's simply because it, 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 the praise of God will emanate from my heart, and I'll be feeling good. I'll just look up, and when I look up, he shouts it out for me. He says Hallelujah. Then he laughs. He says, I, I knew you were going to say Hallelujah, isn't it? And and, and there it was that make it to be a time of visit with the Father. It will change your whole life and your whole situation. It will change any kind of grumpiness that you may have been having in your, in your spirit. You will no longer feel that particular grumpiness because as you visit with him, that faithfulness will be made manifest. I said one thing, if you focus and fix your eye on something, that thing starts to grow in you. And as that thing grows in you, you will become that thing. It is something strange in the psychology of man. But that's what God is telling us. When you visit with him, when you draw close to him and you fix your eyes on him, not on the discouraging situations and circumstances that surround you, his faithfulness is that that thing you're fixing your eyes on, which is him, he will start to grow in you. It will start to manifest, to reflect within you, and in due time, you will become that thing. You will become that joy that God wants you to experience. You will become that mercy that God is looking to release in your life because in visiting him, then you, you, are good, you start gazing on that particular mercy. And as more you gaze on that mercy, the more you gaze on that faithfulness, you realize that it starts to grow within you and it starts to manifest within your heart. Suddenly you discover, I'm merciful to everybody. I, I don't feel the, about anybody anymore. S- somehow for some strange reason, my shoulders or my heart has been enlarged. To the extent that I incorporate everybody. I just feel I love the saints. I just feel I want to pray for the saints. I feel when I'm praying for my family, I feel I am praying for the saints as if they are my own people, my own family, my own children, or my own wife. You know, you start feeling that particular sensation. Why? Because the thing you've been fixing your eyes on has started to grow in you. And that's how the body of Jesus Christ then starts to minister unto each other and they start lifting each other up for the glory and for the praise of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. We touched on the aspect of righteousness and we say that his kingdom is founded on righteousness. Everything he does is right. That means anything that is wrong in your life or in my life has nothing to do with him. Praise God. Let that be settled in your spirit. And that's what he said. If anything is amiss in me or in my house or in any area of my horizon, it has got nothing to do with him. Because he clearly says the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. That is in Psalms 89 verse 14. That is the foundation. Everything about him 
is right. So any moment you meet anything that is wrong, let it be an indicator to tell you, hold it, this is the wrong path. Something is definitely not right because God is not in this. If it, God is in it, it will have been right. And that's the reason why he wants you and I to be in the center of the highway of righteousness. As you stand in that place of righteousness, everything he will do for you, he will do it right. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let that get into your spirit that the more you draw closer and the more you draw closer to him, he will do the thing that is right for you in your situation. And remember what he says in Psalms 37 verse 5 when he says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. He says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not be careful about anything. That he says, do not fret because of him who prospers in his ways or because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger. Stop being angry and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. That's what the scripture says. But how many times do we worry? To fret is to worry. And to be careful about so many things that we don't need to be worried about. That's what we are experts in. You and I. We are looking at each other's eyes. We, we know ourselves. And we trouble ourselves over so many things. But here he tells us, my kingdom is established in righteousness. And if you establish yourself in that particular place, visit with me. Wherever it is you are, let your mind be fixed on me. Walk where I walk. Come walk in me so that wherever I'm going, you are going. He says, my righteousness will be established in your life and everything that is yours will be found right. If God wants you to be right in the middle of, his, of the right of way of righteousness and he will bring his righteousness to be made manifest in your life lastly we touched the judgments of god and we said there is so much that is he has already written in his verdict concerning you the judgment that he has already written concerning you even before you became before you stepped out as we said he's the wonderful shepherd he had already drawn out the verdict concerning Dwayne's life and he had written it out he had wrote it out and it is in stone. It is fixed. It cannot be changed. But we've got a crafty enemy who has a way to come and paint a different picture before your eyes. And he tells you, this is what you are. He says, I've got good plans for you. I know what I've written concerning you. It is for the best. So anything that is negative, as, if we, as we said before, it is not of him. And the just judgments of God, they come into your life to correct everything. And they come to force the enemy out. That is when he visits with you. But remember, visiting, the visitation of God comes when you go, you draw nigh to him. He comes, he draws near to you. So my brother and my sister, how often are you drawing nigh to him? How often 
ask yourself, how often am I drawing near to God? How often am I stepping closer and closer to Him in my spirit? How many times am I connecting with Him? In my work, in my business, in my, whatever it is that I'm doing. Now realize, in every aspect of your life, he wants his mercy to be flowing like a river. He wants his faithfulness to be flowing like a river. He wants his righteousness to be flowing like a river. And he wants his judgments to be flowing like a river. It is as those judgments flow out in your work, in your life, that the others around you are able to see who your God is and what type of God he is, what type of things he's able to accomplish. Let us give him the time and the chance and the opportunity to accomplish these in us and through us for the glory of his name. Determine in your spirit, I have not experienced this mercy. I have not experienced this righteousness. I have not experienced these judgments. I have not experienced this faithfulness. I am going to stick here. Just like the song we say, that I am not going to move until I see this righteousness, this faithfulness happening in me. And you keep going to him, Father, that's what you have said in Psalms 36 and verse 5. And that's what we have, we, have, we have touched on. So in Psalms chapter 36 verse 5, that's where it says, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a deep, a great deep. That is, your, your judgments are like the ocean. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. Now we move to the next aspect. He goes to verse 7, he says, How precious is your loving kindness, O oh God. And the Lord is saying, if you want to know kindness, that kindness is found in my visitation. You have got a glimpse maybe of what a kind person is. Each one of you, you can paint what kindness, what kindness, what kindness is all about. But there is something that he says here in that psalm. As he says that how precious is your loving kindness. That particular part has two aspects. It has got love and it has got kindness in it. But God wants to show his kindness to you in a manner that you have not known before. That is in the aspect. He wants you to participate in his provision in a new level and in a new aspect of grace. But that is as you and I visit with him. This church, let us give God an opportunity to be able to show what kind of kindness it is that he has a portion for the children of men and women in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But that kindness is made manifest in the visitation. And that kindness is realized when you decide to move in faith. The word of God says, without faith, it is impossible to please, to please him. He wants you to know, that's what he has said here, that my loving kindness is precious. He says, how precious is your loving kindness, O God? That is, his kindness is so precious beyond your wildest imagination. You cannot Beat that particular kindness. Don't cut yourself as there are people who go cutting them. There are those ones who go walking on, on nails and what have you to try to humble themselves and to show something to God somewhere. He's not interested in seeing what you can do. 
He is interested in you seeing what he wants to do for you and what he wants to do in your life. Praise God. He's not interested in your sacrificing yourself to suffer aimlessly. No, he suffered for you and he wants you to enter into him. If you are to suffer, you will suffer for him, not to suffer so as to impress him. He's not interested in suffering. Praise God. It is him, if he is to suffer, if it is to suffer, it is him who is suffering on the inside of you. Maybe you are being abused because you are a believer. It is actually him who is being abused. Maybe you are being put out because you are cast out of your family because you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not you. It is him who is being cast out. In that kind of suffering, he delights in that because you are receiving it. You are the house in whom he is staying. So it is being directed unto him. But what he wants you to know, he loves you beyond measure. And he wants to help you in each and every aspect. He wants you to experience that kindness in the rejection and in the abandonment that we have experienced. Come right through, come right through. It is open, come right through, dear. <laughs> that is, it is open to be able to experience that particular kindness of God. And it is as you visit, as you visit, as you visit, as you visit with, with, with him. That is, when you find anything has been worked out negatively, or people have planned something negative against you, it has got nothing to do with God. Because his loving kindness is precious. Praise God. And the loving kindness of God unto you words is very, very precious. He wants you to enjoy and to experience that particular loving kindness in the name of the Lord Jesus. But that kindness, you will experience it as you allow the Holy Spirit to start touching you and healing you by faith. As you start looking at him, thanking him, Father... Thank you for your loving kindness. Now remember, in the visitation of God as he visits you, you will taste and enjoy his mercy. You will taste and enjoy his faithfulness. You will taste and enjoy his righteousness. You will taste and enjoy his judgments, which put things right concerning your life. And fifthly, you will taste the kindness that you have not known before. You have seen how our children sometimes will behave if you are a parent. And you can feel like throwing the child out. But have you ever seen a mother, even if like a child is bad, gets the, the child in the bath waters, you know, in the basin, and throws the, 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 the small thing out because she's annoyed that this thing is crying too much. I've just had enough. And throws it, throws it out, throws it out with the bath, bath water. There's no mother who does that. And the, the more the child cries, nah, nah, the more it goes, oh, you know, really trying to calm it down and, you know, to, to, to make the nerves of the child to calm down. That is God with you. That is God with me. There are many times we jump up, out, up and down in tantrums. We jump and we do all sorts of things and, we, and we, we, we put fists at him and he's looking at us. Look at this child of mine. What's wrong with you? My loving kindness is precious unto you. Come, my child. There is better things for us to do. Your tantrums are wasting time. There, is, there are places for us to go. Praise God. He does not get worked up because you are worked up. Hallelujah. 
His kindness for you and for me is constant. And he wants you to experience that. Then sixthly, he, in that same verse he says, how precious is your loving kindness. That is, there is love and there is kindness. Now, he wants you to test the goodness of his mercy that is beyond comprehension. But that mercy is revealed in his love. And the Father wants, he says, he will reveal himself to us more and more. We shall never be able to exhaust who God is. There is too much of him that we will never, every single day he indicates, I will continue to express myself and to reveal myself to you. That is in his love. And his, there is so much that is in him that he wants you to know. If you look at Psalms 103, when he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Then he starts listing, And forget not all his benefits. One, who forgives all your iniquities. One, who heals all your diseases. Two, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who redeems your life from destruction? He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and mercies. And says he fills your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Now realize he begins by forgiving your iniquities. And then healing your diseases. Some of them it is because of our own disobedience and what have you. We find we, we've entered into the iniquity. We've entered into some diseases and we wonder what is all this. But he, his love overrides everything and he comes to heal. He comes to restore. He comes to lift us up for the glory of his name. Your healing is in the revelation of his love. And it is in that visitation. He wants you to visit him. And my brother, my sister, I don't know how close, how more you are desiring to visit him. Many of us, we visit him in, in, in small bits, small bits. We only say hallelujah and we are gone. We are in the business of the world and we forget everything else. In the evening, when we are so tired and exhausted, that's what we shall remember to say, thank you, Father, for watching over me throughout the whole day. Amen. And then the, our head is on the pillow. We are gone. And we wait until the morning. That's what, oh, thank you, Lord. It's a new day. Have your own way this day in Jesus' name. We are out into the world. And he keeps on. You know, he's told us at the beginning, the Lord is with you. He's always with you all throughout the whole day. He's running up and down with you wherever you are running. And you are not visiting with him. And so you don't experience the peace. You don't experience the joy. You don't experience the presence. You don't experience the love and the kindness that he has proposed and desired to give unto you because your eyes are fixed on the things that we are running up and down in the world and not on the kingdom of God. Let God touch you and let God touch me that we may be able to visit with him. He adds on in verse 7, he says, Therefore the children of men and women put their trust under the shadow of your wings. If you visit with God or when God visits you, you will discover what kind of protection he accords to those who trust in him and those who yield their lives unto him. There is a protection that is beyond your imagination. You have seen the mercy seat. 
the mercy seat, if you, the description of the mercy seat in the Old Testament, it shows the cherubims, the cherubims, you know, hanging over, over, the, over the mercy seat with their, with their wings, over covering, covering the whole mercy seat. And when he says he draws you into the hiding place, it is he draws you to put you under those particular wings of the cherubims to make sure you are fully protected regardless of whatever it is that happens all around you. That's why he says he wants you to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal and to make the Most High to be your dwelling place. Many of us, we only speak of him, but we really don't experience him as a dwelling place, a place where you are abiding day in and day out. Listen what he says in Psalms 27 as he speaks about the protection that he gives unto those that trust in him. He says one thing 20, in chapter 27 verse 4, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Then he says for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. In the visitation as you visit God, or as God visits you, one of the things he always does is to draw you and to hide you under the shadow of his wing. And many things can happen around you, but under that particular shadow, you are safe. It reminds me of the time when I had an accident. My brother was driving, maybe I've told you once, and the vehicle went rolling. It rolled, about, it rolled about five or six times. And as it rolled, it kept on rolling. My brother was crying there, my dad was crying there, and the friend that was in the car was crying. And it is funny because I was in the same car, I was telling them, Shut up, God is with us. I can't explain why I was saying that. I was telling him, Shut up, stop making unnecessary noise. God will protect us, He will see us through. Don't worry, it will be fine. And the, the, vehicle, continued, the vehicle continued to roll through it on a small car. It got bashed nicely, you know, like, a, like an envelope, you know, from the fraud, it was the whole bonnet was bashed right all throughout. My dad, where he was, he was crushed there. My brother was here driving, he was crushed there. The friend here was crushed. But you know the funny thing? He says, I will hide you in the secret place of my tabernacle. When the vehicle stopped rolling, it was the wheels up, and you know, our, heads, uh, our head was down. I found I was still strapped in my seat. I'm, I'm, I'm seated with my head down, comfortable as if nothing has happened. I wondered what is happening. Then I checked. A hand, literally, it's like an invisible hand held me over here and pulled me out of the, of the window. It pulled me out of the window. When I stood up out of the car, I looked at the car. It was impossible to believe what I was looking at. The vehicle was crashed, crashed, but it's like where I was seated was an iron cage. It had been crushed where the other, and then it had gone like that over me, like that. The glass window here had not gotten broken. That's a strange thing. And then right here it had come like this and crushed my brother there. Like that crushed, crushed my dad over there. And I, was, I came out. Now I'm the one who was trying to pull, to try to you know, smash the door and pull them, pull them out. They were of course injured here and there. I did not have a single scratch. I've never been able to explain it. 
what, how that came about. But it is the protection that God gives unto you when you dare to trust in him. Amen. They, they had mocked me at many times telling me this God you'd believe in, this God you believe in. That day they believed I, this God of yours is real. He actually works. How your side was not crushed and ours was crushed, they couldn't be able to explain. But I knew it. Why? Because he will hide you in the secret place. Amen. Yes, amen. As you visit with him. So my brother and my sister, whatever you've been experiencing, I want you to make up your mind. I am going to be visiting with God. Let us finish with item number eight only and then we shall be through. It touches on the anointing. That is in verse 8, that same, same, that same, same Psalm, chapter, chapter 36 and verse 8, it says, They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. That is, this is all in the visitation of God. When God visits, it's all packed in this particular five or four verses from 6, 5 up to verse 10 of this particular Psalm 36. God wants to reveal this favor, this grace. In your life. And in the visitation. One of the things he will allow you to receive. Is to enjoy the anointing of God. That anointing flows. From the abundance. That is in his house. This anointing reaches out. And it is able to fulfill. Every desire. And every situation or condition. In any one of our lives. And the desire of the father is. In, our, in the visitation he visits you, that anointing starts to be poured out unto you as his child. And remember, there's something interesting what he says in Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. He says the following, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Praise God. There is an anointing that flows from the house of God, or from the visitation, because when he visits, he visits with his house. And from his throne comes that anointing for the healing of your family, for the healing of your children, for the healing of your workplace, for the healing of the situations that are in your life, for the healing of the sicknesses that we may be having in our bodies, as we trust and as we believe in him. The visitation of God do not miss this visitation, my beloved. Yes. In, in final, if you look in John, in the book of First John, First John, I think it is, yeah, First John chapter two, verse verse twenty, the Bible says the following in First John chapter two, verse twenty says, "But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things." There is something about the visitation of God. Sometimes we walk in confusion and in darkness and we don't know what path to be able to take. But in his visitation, he says you will be satisfied from the abundance of his house. That is from the anointing that flows from his house. And he says in that anointing, the revelation of what you need is hidden. The revelation beat of your spiritual walk, the revelation of your businesses, the revelation of your work, the revelation of your relationships. Sometimes we enter into relationships that are not right. So revelations concerning whom to associate with at what time and when or how, that anointing will save your life. 
And if you touch on in verse 27, the same scripture, the same verse, he says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. That anointing that comes or emanates from him in his visitation, it transforms your mindset. Your prayer life will be different. Your bondages will be broken. You will start having a deep knowledge of God concerning your situation, concerning the church, concerning your community, concerning where you are. You will discover that anointing makes you to be of use wherever it is that you turn yourself. And lastly, that anointing will saturate your life with the spirit of truth. It will enable you to be able to discover that what the word of God says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That anointing releases you from every kind of deception or from any kind of bondage. It is in the visitation of God. But as we have said, this visitation, there are about four other aspects. We will touch them maybe in a week, in, a, in two weeks' time or something like that. But those final aspects. As once again I go through, just as I go to see it, remember, this visitation God wants to release unto you and unto us as a whole church for the sake of the community that he has called us unto. And that is, God wants you to know his mercy, that you may be a merciful person. He wants you to know his faithfulness, that you may, the faithfulness may be manifested in you and through you. He wants you to be able to know his righteousness. He wants you to be able to know his judgments. And his judgments, as you say, they put things in the right order for the glory of his name. He wants you to know his kindness. He wants you to know his love. And he wants you to be able to know his anointing that will change the situation all around you and for the sake of the others. And finally say, draw nigh unto me and I will draw near unto you. My brother and my sister, as you draw nigh to him, you will connect. We are too quick in so many other things that we do. But if at all we will learn to be able to come and link and connect with him, we will be able to connect with one another. The healing wound, the wounds that have been amidst will completely be healed. We shall grow up as a wonderful unit to bring glory to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to know the touch of his love. You need to know the touch of his grace. You need to know the touch of that, the judgments of God to intervene in your life. If you may need prayer at the end of the, of, the, of the service, I would like you to come on this particular side. We've got some dear ones whom God has anointed and he has prepared for that particular ministry. I would like them to be able to minister unto you. And the judgment of the righteousness of the anointing of God will intervene in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. So if there's anybody who will need prayer, as we close, as people go for their, for their, for their drinks and the reception, just come and sit on these particular seats. We've got some beloved ones. God has specifically called them for that particular purpose. We've got our sister Karen, and we've got our sister Anne. For today, they will, be, they will, they will, they will start a, a, a specific ministry in that particular area, and our sister Odette. And the Lord will be able to minister unto us for the glory of his holy name. In Jesus' name, Father, we bless you. Let your visitation be our portion. Let us be a people that will be a people with a difference, O oh God. Because we know your visitation. Let this visitation not be a thing of the mouth. 
that we only talk about. Let it be a reality that will transform us, that will be fully made manifest in our daily walk, in our talk, in our conversation, in anything that concerns us, that your visitation shall be so real, others will be drawn unto it, because your good and your love endures forever. In Jesus' name.